America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. Welcome to the Daily Addict Show, everybody. It's your boy Tim and your boy Dave. Hey. Man, it feels like it's been a while since we've been in here or something. It has. It has. Like a week. Just alone. Just our we haven't spent a lot of time alone. <laughs> <laughs> we've had a lot of guests on our show. Yeah, that's true. And we're gonna have Dr. Steve on uh from Weird Medicine on our show too. So I'm looking yep, forward to that. So <clears throat> To our listeners out there, whatever medium you are listening to this fine show on, make sure you subscribe, comment, like, and share. We're not going to go through the many formats. Because it's on all of them. And it's useless. It's boring shit, and you don't want to be bored. So, with that being said, also, if you're looking for some high-quality novelty items like cannabis seeds... You can go check out 989seeds.com, put in the DAP, and you will get 20% off your first order discreetly shipped in the United States only. Damn. I know. I want to uh, also mention if you are in the Michigan area and looking for some quality marijuana, recreational, or medical, you can check out our friends at Elite Wellness and Clio. They have the largest inventory of recreational weed in the state of Michigan. They have a lot of selection. They have a lot of good products. They're right off 75 near the Clio exit. And you can hit them up and find them on weed maps or Google or just, you know, like everyone does with their phone. Unless you have a flip phone, then just call 911. Yeah. And ask them. They know where it's at. Oh, yeah. But you need to go check them out. Uh, there's three locations. There's one in Banger Township, one in Clio, and I think there's one opening in Jackson. Make sure you give them a holler. So today's show, we're going to cover some stories like we usually do. But first, we're going to talk about one of the things... Uh, about the war on drugs that is the most disturbing and that is incarcerating and subjecting addicts to a lonely jail cell without adequate treatment or access to medication in their time of need i said that pretty fucking straight cut that's the way it is we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about uh, really when you get caught in the system, like when you're arrested, say you're arrested for a small amount of drugs and it's your first offense. I don't think people really understand what you go through. I don't really think people know what that process really is in this country. The best thing is just to run. If you can. Just fucking run. I've done. I've used that tactic before. I have too. I got away. Works usually. Yeah. 
I hid in the bushes. They live around here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I li- no, yeah. There ain't no bushes nowadays, man. It's all landing strips. But I did. <laughs> Dude, I am I am so high right now. That's all right, man. I'm higher than 50 hippies in a beatnik. Damn. That's pretty fucking high. Yeah. But I feel good. I know it smells like weed in our studio today. When you walked in it, well, at first it smelled like fish. Because <laughs> you had your legs I open. Got, I got a weird, we got a weird thing going on with the studio today, everybody. It's my kid's fish tank is uh, on the other side of the basement. And they, uh, we had a party yesterday and I don't know if he was trying to show off or what happened, but two days in a row he dumped a handful of fish food into the tank. And now the tank looks like it's pretty murky and it stinks. I haven't had a chance to clean it. So when you come down, that's what you smell. But then when you come to the other side of the basement where the dap happens, the dap magic happens, it smells like beautiful cannabis. Sweet smelling, beautiful cannabis. Because we've been testing cannabis. We kind of had a testing cannabis party last night. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. We drank beer and we bet on what the THC and CBD content would be in the strain. So we didn't really bet any money. Should have. We should have. Pretty impressive, though. This, uh, I got a standalone testing machine. It's called Gemacert. And they shipped it to me, and I've really been uh, having a lot of fun with it. So, if anybody wants a Gemacert out there, if you're a breeder or grower or whatever, I'm not endorsing it really or anything. I'm just testing it out right now myself. But if you want one, it's hard to get a hold of them guys and ladies in Israel. So, if you want to DM me on Twitter or something or find a way to get a hold of me, I can get you in touch with somebody. But real cool machine. Uh, simple to use. I like it so far. It's decent. So far, I had to buy an Android tab- tablet, though. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stick with my Apple on this one, unfortunately. That's awesome. It is awesome. I mean, I I go both ways when it comes to that. That's what I heard. You know, trying to get it all uh, in. Yeah. All in. Doesn't matter as long as you're all in. But that being said, so that's just for all the listeners. Tim goes both ways. So DM him. Do what you got to do. As I far, would. As far, yeah. If I get any DMs on that, then <laughs> then you're all in. No, I'm not all in. It's a joke, of course, everybody. So not really. With everything, with everything going on uh, lately. We've been really busy. We've been really busy doing not only our podcast, but we started some businesses and we're trying to launch those and we're getting, you know, quality things out to people that we've been running into because of the podcast medium here. It's like we have an extra platform to talk openly about addiction, the drug war, 
drugs, their effects, doctors. I mean, we've had pretty much everybody on this show that we, you know, that wanted to be on or we asked to be on so far. So it's been a very interesting journey so far, but I'm learning more and more still all the time. And it's never ending information, man. It's like never ending. No. I, you can never know everything and how deep this shit goes. Well, you got how many years of the drug war? I mean, we got that many years to catch up. 50. It'll, next year, 2021, will be 50 years of the war on drugs. So we got 50 years of history to decipher. The, the war on drugs has got a record similar to the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Decades without a win. Decades without a Super Bowl. That's true. I think we have proven and will still continue to prove that the tactics and the strategies that the government uses on the war on drugs are probably the exact opposite of what you want to do. And that's what we're going to kind of talk about with the process. So if you're a user and there's been many users that have been even public ones like John Sinclair, he's a legendary um, Detroit poet and activist that was openly, you know, protesting Vietnam. He went to prison for one joint. Mm. And so did the uh, man in Alabama that we covered. He's also, infamous for his case he got caught on the third strike with one joint and served eight years in prison for one joint for one joint but so you get arrested they take you in immediately everybody goes through a state jail first before they go to a prison if you go on a federal prison or a state prison it doesn't matter like 70 80 percent of people are housed in state prisons Versus federal prison. So a lot of times when you get arrested and you go to jail, you go to like to the county jail first. You're actually in the spot where all, you know, your sleep is disrupted. You don't really have your own space. There's always people coming in and out. There's always people getting, you know, getting arrested and released and transferred. There's all the kinds of you never really settle in in that environment. And. When you get in there, then it's almost like a criminal enterprise because you're in there with other people that are in there for stuff and you don't have nothing really else to do but to talk about, you know, what's going on, how we're going to make money, how we're going to do this when we get out, whatever it's going to be. But you're making connections with people too. But then when you have this record, you have this like criminal record. And then say you are, say you're an addict that's in jail that's say you're an addict and you go to jail first of all they don't give you access to your meds they don't give you anything like you're forced to go cold turkey and then you're forced into isolation and then you're forced into drug treatment programs and the judge will mandatory sentence you release upon going to a 12-step program there's like 74%. You know, a lot of jails, will, if you're going there and you're withdrawn, they make an exception. They'll give you sugar water. Damn. 
That's generous as fuck. That is. Like if you're going in there coming off of meth, they give you like uh two gallons of sugar water a day you can drink. And that you know, that relief that all your withdrawals are gone. Holy fuck, you mean the whole Yeah, sugar water, man. The whole time we've been trying to talk about yep. cure to addiction and sugar water. It's been sugar water. Mm-hmm. I feel like a fool. That's fucking sad as shit. That is. That's fucking sad as shit. Well, here's a couple of things uh, to keep in mind, and I'll tell you why. The majority of the people that are sentenced in drug-related cases, the vast majority of them, are also mandated by the judge to take a 12-step program. An AA, nine times out of ten, is that program. The problem with AA is that it's a peer it's a peer uh dependent kind of program where you it's like a group therapy program um i don't know who is really familiar with it or not but i think everybody pr- pretty knows pretty much knows about aa they kind of open up say hi my name's tim i'm an alcoholic type thing hi tim yeah hi tim yeah and then start talking about you know how it affected my life or whatever. But the problem with that is it's a one size fits all solution. So when you're, when you're addicted to something or you have a disease or you have a health problem that's causing your addiction, or maybe you just need medicine to be comfortable. Either way, when that's taken from you and then you're forced into a treatment that has not always been proved to work, and it may not be the treatment for you because 12-step recovery programs such as AA, they have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to treatment. So they don't want you to use other drugs and you can't admit that to the group while you're there. You can't be like, hey, I'm taking this to help with my alcohol. I'm smoking weed now instead of alcohol. It's helping a lot. You can't say that in the group like they don't. That's one of their rules. So sometimes that's the best thing for somebody is to do something different to, to, you know, maybe take a milder, do something milder and like Kratom, like Kratom, Kratom's a good one. Yeah. And then, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but there's a, there is a pill called next, uh, naltroxone. Now naltroxone is made to combat alcoholism because you take it before like somebody knows they're going out drinking, they'll take it before they start drinking. And then it helps cut off early. They don't have, it turns off their appetite to alcohol early. So a lot of times they just become social drinkers or a lot of people quit drinking altogether, but they can't even mention this in there because they're trying to, because they're when AA was formed Back in the day, in the 1930s, but it was like a it was like a lawyer and a doctor that came up with AA back in the 30s. They didn't have all the modern technology, obviously, that we have now. The brain scans and the the uh, the different experiments we've done to prove an addiction is relevant in your genes it's relevant in your actions it's relevant in your choices it's relevant in the substance 
there's a lot of factors. It's just not take it or don't take it. So I think when AA was formed, the the medical field had not moving, have not moving. <laughs> it's like five tenses right there. When I'm talking about the past, I can be confusing sometimes. So, and right now I'm I'm on a roll here. So, I just believe if if they had the technology back then, they understood addiction more. We wouldn't be in a lot of the trouble we're in right now uh, with overdoses with people relapsing as soon as they get out of jail, they relapse perpetuates it. They're lonely, depressed. You know, I just, I just think that it's one of the major factors. This war has gone wrong. The, the probably the major factor is imprisoning the users. And I won't even say addicts. I'll just say users. Yeah. Cause all, <clears throat> they're not all addicts, man. Right. Right. I tweeted something out there this week talking about nicotine versus marijuana, and I got a lot of love on it. It's, you know, it's true. 67.5% of people that try nicotine become addicted to it, and only 8% of people that try marijuana become addicted to it. So there's some relevance in the substance, but you're not always an addict. You know, you're not always like someone that can't live without it. Sometimes uh, you can use it in moderation. I figured out how to use uh, uh, nicotine in moderation. I smoked for a long time, and now I can smoke a cigar a couple times a year. I feel sick as a motherfucker when I do it, but I enjoy it. I enjoy feeling that way, I guess. I don't know. It makes me a little lightheaded, a little giggly. But uh, I am higher than Johnny Cash eating (laughs) cake in a bush, by the way, today. But this is what's wrong with these 12-step programs, everybody. That it's, it's one of the legs. It's one of the many systems in the drug war that's wrong. And I think, and I'm referencing back to the war on us, the, look, uh, the book written by Colleen Cowles. It's kind of like our manifesto. It's an excellent book. It covers a lot of good stuff. And if anyone's interested in trying to find a way out of this thing, you should read it. Give it a shot. It's a lot of reading, but it's entertaining. Maybe one day Tim will Tim will read the whole book to you. I will have a that'd be awesome, like a bedtime drug war story. Yeah, every night, every go night. live. You read a couple pages. I read a couple pages, and we'll have live drug war stories. Yep, which we're going into right now. I wish I had. Oh, I got something. There we go. Busted, motherfuckers. Damn. This is on CNN. The most credible news source in the world. Police. K-9 sniffs out $1.2 million worth of meth. And his name was Stryker, or is Stryker. And he's a good boy. And he sniffed out. 595 pounds of methamphetamine. The longest drug bust of his career. The largest drug bust of his career. Obviously, last Sunday, uh, Officer Roby. This is in off a highway in Louisville, Texas. Uh, Roby, Officer Roby, searched that in another vehicle. 
found 1.2 million worth of meth hidden in the compartment. The department said, adding it was one of the largest busts the, the department had ever had. Anyone who knows methamphetamine knows how destructive it can be to families. So definitely important not to have that circulating in our communities. Captain Chris Butterworth. Damn. Ah, Mrs. Butterworth. Wait, Miss Butterworth did have an English accent? <laughs> no. She's like a soul sister. It's like, hi, I'm Mrs. Butterworth. That ain't a soul no, sister. It's That's not an old lady. Miss Butterworth was kind of like Miss Doubtfire. Just an old lady. They might be the same person. That could, that could be. Do you think drug dogs are taught to do fake... Fake like fake, fake bar- hits. Fake marks. Yeah, fake hits to just give somebody excuse to search cars. I think sometimes, you know. What's the percentage that a dog hits and there's actually drugs in the car? Just from a free air sniff like they like they did. Well, that would be a good question to ask Google. If you had an Alexa down here, you could just ask that. Say, you know, how accurate are drug dogs? Yeah. Yeah. It's all in the search. It's all in the search. I'm going to say like 71%. You're going to say 71% yeah. are accurate? I'm going to say 71%. Um, it says the dogs. Uh, I bet you it's very uh, depending on You're who saying you. 71% accurate? Yeah. Whoa. This is what I found on Fact Check. Actually, this is called uh, ABC. This is on ABC.net news site. Are drug sniffer dogs incorrect 75% of the time? Damn. Well, that's what I meant to say. Of course. Of course. So are they? I don't know. I'm going to look into this a little bit. I wish we had some Wheel of Fortune music or something. Okay. Incidents where nothing was found following a drug detection dog indication. So I'd like to say that 59% of the time, drug contact, there was drugs, drug contact. So a cop would have a better chance to just going a 50-50 chance of saying, yeah, there's drugs in there. Be the same thing. Well, right here it says, the data shows over the past decade, 63% of searches following an indication found no drugs. Wow. That's bad. So they're just like, it's like. <laughs> I think it's more like try to scare the person, man. Like, it's I'm like, going to bring the dog. You're like, oh, shit, man, I got some weed in my, ash, in my ashtray, man. Right. Yeah. You know. Well, that's why we suggested that if you're going to smuggle drugs, do it in blocks of ice. Or do it in the dog. Remember, there was that vet that did that. Yeah, right. Then you, then the dog's confused. He's like, exactly. I smell it, but I don't know where the fuck it's <laughs> yeah. at. But it's, it's in that dog. It don't make sense. The dog's a druggie? No. It was a very sad story. That was. By the way, the data shows that the... 61% for the first, uh, let me see here. 
For the first five months in 2018, the case was 63% of searches, including a dog indication, found no drugs. Hmm. So you know what? That dog could have sniffed the fucking squirrel you ran over last week in the tires or something. Maybe it sniffs, you know, maybe it's the, you don't know what that dog's sniffing. I'm just saying, man, that's not that accurate. How is that? How does that even hold up in court, man? It shouldn't. It's a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of times when it goes to the Supreme Court, it does get thrown out. It does. Cause it's still like a, what? Fifth amendment. Yeah. Violation. Court, yeah. Fourth amendment. It is federal oh, appeals court. Drug dogs that barely more accurate than a coin flip is good enough. Damn. There goes your there goes your appeals. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh uh, Circuit issued a troubling ruling about drug dogs last week. U.S. versus Bentley is just the latest of a series of rulings in which the federal court refused to consider the possibility that police departments may be manipulating the dogs to authorize unlawful searches. That's what I think. I think they do. So you think, let's go back to the story here. This dog sniffed out $1.2 million in methamphetamine. I would say. Well, that was one of the 30% times that they were right. Right. Yeah. They flipped the coin. But who's to say, like, this guy right here. This is what I always think about because this is something that goes on all the time that's something wrong with the system that whosoever meth this was their competitor is paying this guy right and they know you know what i mean like hey this shipment's going down get him get him and he gets him and i got the dog so it's the biggest it's the biggest bus but that's a lot of bricks uh, bricks of meth they got in the back of those trucks man it was oh my god 595 pounds man Mm. too bad they're um you know coming out with 60 new hallucinogens a year yeah that's the thing man we're gonna be psychopath or psychoactive even if the drug war was successful they would never be able to keep up with the new stuff that's hitting the markets pretty soon it's just gonna look like a grain of sand right i mean that's what carfentanil already i mean if they want to have a drug war Go after the shit that matters, like fentanyl and all that shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not the little shit, man. But I don't even think you should go after it. I just think you should provide testing to everybody first. Yes, but if you can stop it, too. Definitely stop it. You stop a lot of it. I mean, they should just focus on the shit that's really killing people. Fentanyl. Meth. Meth is pretty bad, man, too. It but is. It's, it doesn't really... I mean, it kills you in the long run, right? But unless you get fentanyl in there, I mean, you probably use meth for like twenty years, man. You know, if it's good made shit, not with fucking wasp spray and battery acid, and instead of getting street meth, just go to the doctor and try to get some um, medical Adderall. Meth. Adderall, right? Try to go get some Adderall. <laughs> you think they would be compassionate and say, "Hey"? All right, I want to get off the meth. The doctor says, hey, I got some Adderall here. At least we can monitor you and control yeah, it. Right. You know? 
give you less and less. But we are going to make you take a test to make sure you're not using meth and Adderall. I mean, that's pretty fair. Yeah. That's that's probably a better treatment than 12-step in that bitch. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's because I think it's well, a woman. I'm just it's, saying it's just human nature, man. People want to, people want to, you know, re- maybe that's how they relax or get rid of their stress or forget shit that happened in their past. I mean. Or stay up seven <clears throat> days at Vegas. Exactly. It's human nature. If I go to Vegas, I don't <laughs> want to sleep eight hours. Life's short, man. You might as well live it how you want to live it. What is, I was thinking about this. What is the propensity for humans? To, I don't even know what the fuck that word means. What is the, why would, <laughs> what drives humans or a human to put shit in their body to make them feel different? Anyway, where does that drive come from? Why can't it just be like, I'm just going to be just, I'm going to take life as I take it. It's great. Every day is great. The sunshine. Because it's not great. That, yeah. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. I mean, you you watch the news. Just watch the news, man. You're definitely going to be fucking a drug user. And then definitely, you think about it from the other side, too, when it comes to, like, life and death. And then, like, we all know this thing is going to be happening to us, but we try to, like, not think about it all our, <laughs> the whole time we're alive. Like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying, dude? It's like, all right, I know this is going to happen. I know I'm not going to live forever. And that's why you get high. Yeah, probably. You forget about that for a little bit, you know? But, you know, if, you, if you're religious and you believe there's mortality beyond, you know, death and all that, then that's, that's great, too. You know, and that's a thing that nobody will ever know. Well, once they die. Well, you, st- you won't know. You got to have faith. You can't tell somebody else, hey, man, I'm hanging up here. I can see you. I can't see me. I can see you. Right. And you're looking good. Right. But. Right. I think about. This DMT. I, I think about this sometimes. Yeah. DMT out of this world. What if people that all passed away already are like in heaven and they're looking down and they see everything that you do? Isn't that awkward? Isn't that awkward? Man, every time I'm in the shower. <laughs> every time. Like, Damn, man, that dude plays with himself a lot. He does. He's making what a lot of drain fuck? babies. He could have fertilized half of half of the fucking world by now. You ever think about that? Like when you're having sex, that somebody's watching you, like your grandparents or that's what I'm saying. I mean, dude. Yeah, that's exactly. just crazy, dude. It is. I don't want like it's weird. It's like when they talk about ghosts and you better shit. pull the fucking blankets over your ass. Oh god, if there's like <laughs> people. I know that's ridiculous, but you gotta you gotta ask the questions sometimes. You just don't know the answer to them. Just ask them. Science can't tell us this. You have to have faith and hope and and all that stuff. Which, you know, we're pretty positive vibe podcast, man. We shouldn't be talking about such, you know, morbid shit. Well, I mean, we're trying to figure out why people use drugs, and yeah, we're getting the bottom of part of it. You got to filter it down, right? You want to talk about this story about the homemade sub? I don't think so, man. No. We'll cover it in the next episode. Let's talk about something else. All right. Let's talk about. Let's talk about. Oh, Steve will be back on. He sent. Did you see those papers he emailed? No. Oh, yeah. He sent some of his, shit, his documents and interesting shit, man. Oh, you mean the 
the cops came after him yeah. and tried to frame him yeah, or something. Yeah, and if you Google the, the cop, you can see how dirty he fucking was. It's on, it's on Google, man. So he knows what we're talking about. with Yeah. When I say, like, you know, this cop was probably hired by the other cartel to bust. I mean, I'm telling you, that stuff happens all the time. All the time. We read about it every fuck all the time. And now I, we got proof, man. It is so corrupt. Proof. I'm going to train my dog to sniff out drugs. He probably already knows because he's with me all the time. He's like, dude. Well, and dogs probably want to get high, too. Why not? I mean, you don't think they think like we do? You think they think that way? No, I don't. I just took some DM food. Yo, thanks for tuning into the podcast. And uh, we'll catch you next time. We'll cover that sub. Maybe. Five tons of drugs around this sub, man. Dog can't smell that shit. Hell no. Dogfish. Fucking whales. Dolphins. The DEA is training dolphins to sniff drugs. It's true facts. With the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have powder to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Step into the spotlight. Of uppers and downers get done. I'm in a rush to be numb. Dropping a thousand ain't much. Come from the clouds on the mist, so the turn is so down in the dust. Don't make a sound, baby, hush. I am the living swipe right on the mic. I'm a slut. I don't know how to not spit like a lot. I'm feeling proud of my kids on your couch. Half of a mongrel and mythical team. Dealing this treacherous thing. Legend says L is a spawn out of hell. The myth is my mama's a murderous queen. Yo, I can in like in Godfather 1. You get the gun as I christen my son. If I die today in this hell, I should pay. Tell the Lord Mikey said, fuck, it was fun. Every new wreck is my dick in a box. We get a doozy, the mullahs a lot. You're getting used to me doing no wrong. I don't play chicken, you prick, I'm a fox. You wanna kick it, I'll give you the rods. You kiss the wood chipper blade if you bark. I'm fucking magic, in fact, I'm a roll like a talk. I got a unicorn horse. Stop. Stop.